want to praise with your mask off, okay? In the 11 a.m. My mouth was sweating in that experience. I didn't know what to do. You may be seated. We are in the expecting series. And I love, I love Pastor Greg. Pastor Greg is a praiser. But one of the things that I realized um, even this morning, and I was going to let it go, but as I watched, because that's, that's my job is to watch and shepherd and oversee our house, um, there was a clear divide as he was exhorting the people. There was a clear divide. And the Lord, I kept hearing him say the haves and the have-nots. And now I know that's a show, but I don't watch that show. So, you know, the Lord sometimes give me references, and I at least know why he's giving me that reference. So I kept hearing the haves and have-nots, the have and have-nots. I'm like, I don't, I Lord, Tyler Perry, I don't know what you're wanting to do here today. Um, and I realized that from the outside looking in, it looked like you had a mix of people that have and a mix of people that have not. Now, I don't, I don't know that that's true, but from the level of praise, it appeared that God had been better to some than he had been to, to others. That's just how it looked from the outside looking in. And, you know, I, everybody doesn't pray the same. She says she got to bounce and, you know, some people got to limp and whatever, whatever it is that you have. But we've been commanded, like we've been commanded to praise the Lord. And so it's, it's really awkward. It's, it gets awkward to me. And sometimes I feel like, shut up, doing too much. You ain't got to spend, you know, because sometimes we get pressured by the people around us who are not praising. You know, and so I was like, ooh, you know, possibly out of town. We don't need to act up. You know, let's just, you know, keep moving forward in the experience. But then when the Lord said the haves and the have-nots, I said, Lord, I don't, I don't really think that's true. I don't, I don't think you've been better to one group than you've been to the, to the other part of the group. And, and so, and so my question is just this, like, if you say you had 10 blessings, right, and it was a 10-meter blessing, who got more than 10? Anybody have more than 10? Okay, great, then we're good. So, so my thing is this. It, it says that you are to praise according to his greatness. And so for me, that indicates to me that there's a one level, like a one blessing praise, right? which means that there has to be like a two blessing praise, which means there would have to be a three blessing praise. So my thing is, if everybody has at least 10, then we got to be somewhere on the level, right? So I just wanna know, what does one blessing look like? What does a one blessing praise? Okay. Some people didn't do nothing, but they said they had 10, right? So that's one. So if that is level one, What's level two look like? So then what is three? So then what is four? So then what is five? So then what is six? So then what is seven? So then what is eight? So then what is nine? So then what is 10? So then what is 11? So then what is 12? Thank you for the action. 
He's been full of grace. He's been full of try after try after try after try. He never stopped working with me. He never stopped working with me. Hey, hey. give the Lord praise and we give the Lord praise and we give the woo, woo, woo. I just my praise has to testify woo. my mouth cannot keep silence my body can't control itself because he's been amazing woo. Woo. Woo! Hey, hey, hey! Hey, hey, hey! Hey, hey, hey! Death came a knocking. Death came a knocking. Death came a knocking. Death came a knocking. <laughs> the Lord said no. He said no. Death came a knocking. But the Lord said no. Woo! Woo! Insanity! Insanity and mental illness. It came a knocking. It came a knocking. But the Lord said no. He said no. He said no. He said no. Oh, thank you for your no. Whoa. He said no. He said no. Oh, bitterness. Bitterness came a knocking. Bitterness came knocking. Bitterness came knocking. Bitterness came knocking. But the Lord said no. The Lord said no. The Lord said no. The Lord said no. Woo. Hey, 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 hey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Woo. You've been so patient with us. You've been so patient with us. We are hard-headed children. We are hard-headed children. But you've been patient. You've been patient. You kept your hand on us when we were out of order, when we were out of line. You kept your hand on us. When we were promiscuous, you still decided to bless us. When we didn't listen, when you prophesied and we ignored it. Woo! 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 You still decided not to hold back. You still decided not to hold back. And so we pray now. We pray now. In the rest of our time together, your kingdom come. Oh yes, your will be done. Ooh, right here, right here, right here, right here, right here in the midst of believers. Oh yes, as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Woo! I give you praise. I give you praise for brothers and pastors who show us what it looks like to say thank you. 
who show us what it looks like to just be foolish, who shows us what it looks like to not look for the favor or pleasing of man. I just want to praise you so that you know I'm thankful. I don't want to make it look like I don't have. I don't want to make it look like I don't have. I don't want to make it look like I'm a have not. So we got a new one. Amen. We're still talking about expectation. We're still talking about faith. We're still talking about the stretching by which we've been experiencing God for the last 18 months as he pushes us, as he shapes us, as he molds us. And so I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Hebrews 11 and 7 says, By faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen, in holy fear, holy reverence, he built an ark to save his family. And by his faith, it was his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. And so we praise God for his word and the lessons that it is to teach us. Thank you, guys. The people that here the writer of Hebrews is addressing, he's addressing a people who are under great pressure. And the pressure that they are under is they are under the pressure whether to move forward with what God is saying for their future or to be stuck in tradition, to be stuck in comfort, to be stuck in what they're used to. And so this story of Noah comes up yet again. Even though we saw this story in Noah chapters and chapters and books and books ago, when we look at Hebrews chapter 11, the reminder comes up and it says, do you remember the God 
guy? Do you remember the guy that I gave a plan to to do something that had never been seen before? Do you remember a guy? Do you remember a guy that put aside all people-pleasing, all man-pleasing, and decided to go for the favor of God? It comes up here and it says, consider Noah. I believe that we too in 2021 are a people under great pressure. We are a people under great pressure as we are ridiculed for our decision to still open up our mouth and give God praise. We are ridiculed for our decision to believe that God is still currently speaking. We are under pressure and we are under ridicule to actually open up our mouths and say that God is still healing. We are under great pressure to stand up and say we still believe in apostles. We still believe in prophets. We still believe that the church is God's solution for all of the world's problems. We are under great pressure and the question is will we succumb to pressure or will we hold fast to the promise that God has given us so that pressure has birthed this series on expecting there are signs when a woman is expecting in the beginning the signs are small and towards the end the signs get undeniable there is no question for a woman who is nine months expecting. When a woman is nine months expecting and that time has come, you cannot shut her up. You cannot tell her that her pain is not real. You cannot tell her that it does not feel like she is giving birth to a bowling ball. You cannot tell her that she can sit down if she said all she can do is stand. You cannot tell her that she cannot stand when all she can do is sit down. There is no denying the expecting. But the people of God, they are lacking signs that they are in great expectation. You see a glimpse that they may be in great expectation, but then that flicker dies when the next wave of something in the natural world hits. You see a flicker that they may be expecting, but then it dies when they experience personal pain or personal trauma. You get a word or you hear that the people of God are expecting, but then you look over to their churches and they're more empty than the Walmarts. We get a glimpse or we hear that the people of God are expecting but they're not in the streets prophesying they're not in the streets praying for people and so it becomes unclear whether we are expecting or not we talked about earlier choosing fear over faith but I want to talk to you about what it means to choose faith over fear when you choose faith over fear it means you have to address the parameters of your belief yes the parameters of your belief there are some things that you believe and there are some things that you just don't believe. There are some things that you believe and there are some things that you just don't believe. You have asthma and you don't believe that you can operate without that pump. That is a parameter for your belief. And I'm not saying you need to jump outside of what your belief is because if you don't believe by all means, Y'all seen that man step out on that water, right? Okay. God didn't tell him to do that. So I'm not talking about believing outside of the parameters by which God is giving you, but I'm telling you, we all have some parameters. If you believe that when you wake up on a Sunday morning, you are too ill to come to the hospital, also known as the church, that's a parameter for your belief. 
I'm not talking about you got signs of the COVID. I'm talking about you got diarrhea and you won't sit next to the door. It's a parameter for your belief. I'm talking about when you won't go on a 90-day fast to see breakthrough in your life, but you'll spend $5,000 to attend a class. But there is a certain kind that comes out by prayer and fasting. Have you tried it? It just may be a parameter of your belief. Genesis 6 and 5. We go back to the original story. It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. My God. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Somebody say, we're getting close. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them, the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9 says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Verse 11, now the earth was corrupt. In God's sight, it was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. Noah believed God's warning. He believed and he trusted the Lord's promise that he really was going to destroy the earth. But he gave him a promise and he said, look, you, your family, y'all can be safe if you follow my instructions. So Noah had to, imagine this, Noah had to collect all materials to build something that he had never seen built before. Noah had to believe and explain to at least a couple of people, I'm not saying he had a big crew, but if you look at how massive it was, somebody had to help him hold the end of the plank. So he had to convince at least enough people of this thing that never had been seen before for a storm that we've never seen of this magnitude. Like basically, in the Bible it says Noah lived in the Inland Empire, basically. He lived inland, that's what it said. He lived inland. So the chance, like, we're not running around here during hurricane season, right? We're not like, oh, my God. So think about, like, if you came to church today, it was like, it's a hurricane coming. Okay, Plunkin, I know you've been watching the news, okay? But, see, this is where we live. This is where they live, okay? There's, they have hurricane season. We don't. It's okay, though. We still love you. Come on, find family. Sit down. He had to believe in the face of people who were looking like, no way. Not only had he never seen it, nobody else had ever seen it. At least some of the promises that we have, we've seen it in the earth. We've seen a business be successful. We've seen a family live for God. 
we've seen people grow from poverty into wealthiness. Like, a lot of the stuff that we've been believing God for, that he's been promising, we've at least seen it before. So we have some point of reference. He had none. In order to choose faith over fear, while you're addressing your parameters, you have to be honest. Could you look like a complete idiot for the plan of God? And how long could you do it? Cause look stupid once. The second time you start keeping it to yourself, don't lie. The first time God give you something crazy, you be saying it, you posting it, you get up and announce it in prayer service, you tell your little accountability partner. But the second time, you like, oh no, I remember how they looked at me last time. This is gonna be me and you, Jesus. I don't so I'm going to build this ark on the backside of the mountain looking at me crazy. When you choose faith over fear, not only do you look at your parameters, but you push them. You push them because you have to expand the space between you and the border. Some of you have left no space because your parameters for faith are so close up on you, you've given no room for God to work on the inside. Your whole parameter is so tight-knit that the big blessing that he's trying to get to you is outside of your parameters for even believing. Believe it or not, there are extreme consequences for actually believing the Bible. If you actually believe the Bible, you've got to look at some point like an idiot to somebody. And furthermore, if you want to see the full Bible manifest in your life, you can't just look like an idiot once, baby. And you can't look like an idiot just for one week, one month, one year. You've got to commit for the rest of your life, I will be an idiot for the Lord. Because what he found out was that the longer he began to look like an idiot, the closer he got to the fulfillment of promise. And the biggest idiot, the day that he looked like the biggest idiot was the day when it was finished and it still wasn't raining. See, y'all wanted to start raining while you still building the ark. It can't rain while you're still building the ark, baby. He's making preparations for the blessing. It can't rain while you're still building the ark. Your dumbest day is still coming. I know they want to say your greatest day, but I'm telling you the day where you're going to look like the biggest idiot that the world have ever seen, it's still coming, baby. Just wait till you build that ark and it's not raining. God's promise, we sometimes feel like it is to add, but the truth is oftentimes his promise is to take away. Over and over, he repeatedly talked about what he was going to take away. His regret for doing a thing. His desire to take his hand off of a thing. He does both. The Lord giveth and he taketh away. When we look at our world right now, 
It is a display of the parameters of our faith. And I said this in nine o'clock and I think it's worth repeating. Christians, we showed our parameters. We showed our parameters when we let the death count go up in our county. When we let the count go up in our state. When we let them tell us that we couldn't come in the church and sing. Now that's where we cut it. I was like, no, we gonna sing, I'm sorry. Like we did start shutting down and stuff like that. When they said we can't sing and we can't chant, we was like, okay, I feel like something's happening right now and I don't wanna participate no more, right? Cause at first I was like, well, you know, I'm dancing in my parameters. They said we can't have church. We said, okay, we shut the doors. That was the parameter of our faith. Me and Apostle, we had conversations and we said, we're gonna look insensitive if we don't shut the doors. So we shut them. That was a parameter for our faith. And we saw other churches fighting back. And we saw other churches stand up and, and the pastor told the people, if you get a ticket for being in here, I'll pay your tickets. That was a parameter of my faith. I'm gonna tell you right now, cause I didn't have faith I could pay your tickets. So I told you, see you online. It was a parameter for my faith. People said they had COVID. I said, okay, I'm gonna say a prayer from here and I'm gonna send you an Instacart. That was a parameter of my faith because my Bible had different instructions. My Bible said that as an elder, what I should have done was went to lay hands on them so they could recover. But instead, the parameters of my faith just let people suffer over their cough and I sent them an oxygen machine. It was the parameters of my faith. If you want to choose faith over fear, you gotta first identify what those parameters are. Mark 16 and 18 says very clearly, and this word has not changed, I don't care what the world brought, they will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people. My mask was my parameter. My fear of the government was my parameter. My getting a fine was my parameter. My people looking at me with the side eye was my parameter. My feeling like I was gonna be judged for my decisions was my parameter. Faith believes God and every word he gives. That's faith. And I'm not talking about operating outside of the Bible. Please hear me. I'm just saying, identify your parameters. I've identified mine. God's truth and character ought to be enough for us to build our faith in him. But when you question the character of God, you question his word. When you question how faithful he's been, you question his word. When you question how good he'll, he, he will be or has been, you question his word. It's a parameter to your faith. If you believe that at some point God wronged you and he let something happen to you that you didn't deserve, then it starts to eat away the faith you really have in him. It's a parameter. It is actually the essence of sanity to take what God says seriously. Instead, we've made sanity 
believing the word of God. It, it is insane to reject the word of God. That's insane. It is insane for us to still sit in here and sing, I believe you're my healer. No, you don't. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. You just like that song. You just like that song. Because you got more meds than you do prayer. Choosing faith over fear not just means addressing your parameters, but it means to address how much do I actually fear the Lord? And by fear, I mean reverence. Because it talked about his fear of the Lord. Genesis 6 and 15 says the ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening of one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring flood waters on the earth. Here we go at the crazy talk again. To destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. No pressure, right? You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you in them. Now keep it real, this is scary. That's scary. You mean to tell me that the weight of building whatever is going to save and whatever parts of the world will be preserved is based on my yes? Like, like literally, he's like, obey me or you'll die with the rest of them. Huh? Thank you for giving me the power to choose. Have you ever stop to ask yourself, like really contemplate what will happen if you don't fear the Lord for the call on your life? Like, like what will happen if you decided to walk out of this building today and be disobedient? Do you reverence the Lord enough that you literally are trembling for what would happen? Or do you actually believe what he's saying? Because no one believed what he said. I think for many of us, the challenge is we don't really believe what he said. He said build the program and it would save the foster youth. But to us, we're like, somebody else will do it. He said go to Bible school because you have a different platform and a different marketplace that I want to send you to. But I want you to have the words seated in you before I send you as an arrow of deliverance into that arena and to that sphere. But keep it real. You don't really believe that when you'll get there, that deliverance and you'll be that arrow in that sphere and it'll break out. So you're like, I'll do it when I want to. What if Noah decided that the flood wasn't coming and he didn't need to build the ark yet? What if Noah waited and he said, I'll do it next year? 
What if he didn't reverence the Lord enough to actually take him literally for his word? Because, see, we talk ourselves out of the word that God's given, and we say things like, no, I know the Lord's not going to make me the only person that's going to go in and deliver. If I don't do it, somebody else will. Says who? He said, for I know the plans that I have for you. So how do you get to say that you can't say no? We take his goodness for granted is what we do. And we say, well, the Lord knows. The Lord knows my heart. He knows my desire to be in his will. Oh, okay. People still going to die. People still going to go without. Or he's going to have to wait and craft another. What if your replacement is not born yet? So you're going to make people wait 25 years until another is raised up? What if your replacement is in pre-K right now trying to learn his ABCs? And you won't open your mouth and prophesy. But you're going to wait for baby prophet to get out of pampers. I'm not saying it won't be another, but you're going to make the people wait. But because we think he's so full of grace, we're not, we don't reverence in fear not doing what he actually says. And so we go against what he said more than we go against the law. And I'm not saying be lawless. I'm not saying that. But you don't speed in front of the police but you ignore the word of the Lord in front of God. You don't walk into court and be in contempt of court. You learn how to shut your mouth in court and you learn how to open your mouth when they say open your mouth in court. I wish you would get in court and they ask you a question and you don't answer the question in court. You'll be in contempt of court. But you get in his kingdom, in his earth, in his glory, and you won't open your mouth? I guess we reverence the law, the police, the court. We reverence fines more than we do God. But what actually motivated Noah to believe God? He had a relationship with him. If you notice in the scriptures, it says that he found favor with him. Why? Because he had a relationship with him. He had a healthy respect for who God was. He had an understanding of what his voice sounded like. He wasn't running around saying, God, is that you? God, is that you? God, is that you? God, is that you? Bush, move around and show me that it's God. Cloud, make a pony. Show me that it's God. No, he listened. And he was sensitive. You could tell how much a person believes in the sovereignty of God by the way they handle the things of God. You got more money in stocks and bonds than you do tithes and offering. But you got the nerve to say, in God will I trust. No, you don't. 
you over there trusting in chariots, you trusting in horses, you trusting in men, but you're not trusting over here. You got more regular doctor's visits than you do uh, devotion life. You know the lyric to your favorite song more than you can quote scripture. You know more about the laws that's being passed rather than the prophetic word that's being spoken right now in this hour. It simply shows where your reverence is. The way you handle the things of God dictates your reverence for him. Some of y'all, I couldn't pay you to come to the prayer room Monday through Friday. We could take it down to only being required to come one day a week. Then pastors and leaders said, Shh. We pulling up out of there. I see you on my one day. If I come on my one day. Because if that one day is a holiday, I won't be here on Monday, Apostle. I said it's quiet. You can tell the sovereignty of God in your life based on how you treat the things of God. If you pray, I guarantee you can write better. I'm telling you right now, you want acceleration and God's hand on your purpose and all this stuff you're trying to do naturally in the earth? If you do work, you will save so much time in the spirit. You will save so much time if you build his house first. You are so stuck on going to hell or not. Here, I will give you your heaven ticket. Golly, you're going to heaven. Okay. Next, because people want to argue, well, I'm not going to hell if I don't go to church. I'm not going to hell if I don't go to prayer. I'm not going to hell if I don't serve. Okay. Okay. Now, can we build some arcs? Because this has nothing to do with going to hell or heaven. This has to do with purpose and his kingdom being established here in the earth. There are tons of allowances, but who wants to take 10 trips around the block when I can be more effective in one trip alone? But fear will paralyze you. Choosing faith over fear means you have to reverence God as God, not nice man, not nice friend, not just the lamb and not even just the lion. You have to recognize everything he is. And we must never allow for fear to dominate our lives in such a way that we can't walk in faith. Fear will make us go crazy about what if. We got so many what ifs as a Christian, it's unbelievable. We got what ifs for stuff that there's already a promise written. So think about this. If Noah, every day, was going to build the ark, and he was like, well, what if it don't rain? Do you know how much time that wastes? What if every day Noah had to be reconvinced that the flood was coming? No, really, Noah, it's going to rain. I'm going to flood everything. And he builds for a day, and then the next day, he's like, I just don't know if you're going to do it. 
Yes, Noah, I'm gonna do it. Pick up the wood, pick up the tools. I'm with you, Noah. Get the animals, get your family. Okay, God, thank you for the shot in the day. I'll build today. Then he wakes up in the middle of the night. I just don't know if you're gonna do it. Because he had to choose. He did not have time to waste. He had to build in reverence. But what's your conviction like? Chapter 6 and 22, it says that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Dang. Like, that's a word by itself. It says Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Now, how many times can you say that about yourself? How many times can you say about yourself, and blank did everything just as God commanded him? I already told you about my parameters. Don't look at me. I mean, maybe a couple times on the easier stuff. Genesis 7 and 1 says, Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. In the entire generation, y'all. In the entire generation. You think God doesn't see you? He sees you. He sees your obedience. He sees your yes. He sees your faithfulness. And a whole world of corrupt people, Noah couldn't even hide. He still found favor because he reverenced God and he was obedient. Do not be deceived by the wickedness of this world. Nothing can hide your faithfulness to God and the things of God. He sees you. He sees you. It's the relationship that Noah had with God that caused him to receive favor and the attention of God. Obedience requires regular fellowship. Obedience means that you can't afford a day without him because that could be a day that you do things backwards or wrong. You're wasting time. Forget going to hell. You're wasting time here on earth. If we believe this, we would take getting instructions from God on a thing more seriously. Noah was literally a living example of the just shall live by faith. Here's a hard truth, as if you ain't had enough. Doing the wrong thing is just as bad as not doing the right thing. I know you feel like you missed a bullet because you're not living in sin. Congratulations. 20 years of being saved and you finally figured it out. Great. You're not sinning anymore. But are you doing what he said? So then are you really not sinning anymore? But somehow we think that because we're not doing bad things, we're excused from doing the right things. He's giving you a whole list of the right things to do, and you're not doing those either. But you think of yourself elevated above the people who are living in sin and doing the wrong things. you on the same side as them. The temptation to fall prey to the pursuit of promise paralysis 
And that's what it is. You start to pursue promise and then you freeze. Like literally paralyzed. At a crossroads because you've never seen it before. You don't know what's next. You don't know what to, just do it. That's faith. That's faith. You think he's joking when he says that it's things that you haven't seen? If you've seen it before, you don't need faith. If you've seen a prototype like that before, you don't need faith. If you've seen a church like that before, you don't need faith. If you've seen a city turn around like that before, you don't need faith. If you've seen a family that's uh, 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 more jacked up than yours that turned around, you don't need faith for it. The fact that you got the most jacked up family out of everybody that you know, that's faith. The fact that you, that you started and you're just stepping out and you have nothing, that's faith. You know people who have more than you. That's a space for faith. We've all fallen into not obeying God and to think that we can partially obey. What if he only built two decks? What if he got in the middle of building the ark, right? He builds one deck and he's like, ooh, this was such hard work and I still don't see any rain. Then he built the second deck and he was like, oh my God, that was even, like that was even harder because I had to lift the stuff even higher. <laughs> like that hurt my body, my old body more than, more than building the first deck and he still didn't see no rain. And then he said, you know what? I know better than you, God. I can build two decks instead of three. I'll just put the roof right here. We would have lost entire species because all of the animals or all of the food, it just wouldn't have fit. If he hadn't followed the word with precision, the future of mankind would literally be different. But we think that we can cut corners with God. Just because he doesn't strike you down today and you don't walk out there and get struck by lightning and die right there in the middle of the street, that doesn't mean that you're not robbing people. That doesn't mean that you were supposed to build something and make room for somebody, but now there's no room for them. Some of you today are still climbing out of trash and rubble that people in your generations refuse to build the ark. And because they refused to build the ark, you were left out in the cold during the flood. And maybe you didn't die, but you were left for dead. Maybe you didn't die physically, but maybe your hope died. Maybe your dreams died. Maybe your faith died. But because somebody in your generation just refused to build the ark and now you're climbing out of the rubble of it. Will you build the ark for your generation? Will you build the place that God's designing to preserve? Will you say yes with such great precision that thousands of years down the line, maybe we don't say your name, but people are still benefiting from the ark that you built. Will you choose faith over fear? Will you overcome unanswered questions? Will you overcome that people-pleasing spirit that makes you care more about people judging you than what God said? I think it's the craziest thing to me, and I already told you how I fell into it. I think it's the craziest thing to me for God to be saying one thing, and then you are so concerned about people talking about you. 
First of all, there are less people talking about you than you think. That's first of all. That's first. Second of all, the people that are talking about you, doggone it, you have their attention. So now, what you gonna do with it? You got their attention. They talking about you. You know, it was it was a certain point where um, people was talking about us so bad, and and the pastor got up over the pulpit, and um, some of y'all are from that church. Um, pastor got up on the pulpit and was talking about us, talking about us. So they partners got on the internet and looked us up. <laughs> And then they came here and then they didn't go back. <laughs> I just said, like, while you have their attention, give them something to look at. While you got their attention, give them something to talk about. While you got their attention, testify louder. While you got their attention, be everything God made you to be so they can watch. Because as they watch, that wagging tongue will turn into curiosity, will turn into inspiration, will turn into, wait a minute, I'm going after my purpose too. But we so stuck. Reverence the Lord. Stand with me. I wanna just pray. Because we believe that as we come before you today, oh God, you will supercharge our faith. God, we thank you for everything that you've done up until now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your written word. We thank you for your inspired word, oh God. But right now, God, we say help our faith. Help us to choose faith over fear. Help us, oh God, for those empty spaces inside of us, those hidden places, oh God, where we have not acknowledged our unbelief. Those hidden places, oh God, where we're walking in reluctancy, where we're walking in hesitancy. Oh God, help us to break out of the box and break completely into the kingdom work and the kingdom mindset that you've called for us to be and to do and to walk out and to demonstrate. God, you said it your word that there would be a performance God we want to be a part of the performance of your mighty hand of your marvelous works of your power of your casting out devils of your healing the sick of your word being manifest and your word coming true for truly there's a generation that's waiting us on us surely there's a people that's waiting on us surely there's a corrupt government that's waiting on us we will not make them wait any longer we will not make them wait any longer but our yes is sure our yes is sure our yes our yes is safe from the scoffing of people our yes is safe from the ridicule of man our yes is safe from the people pleasing that tries to rise up inside of us our yes is safe and we side with God 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 we decide today there is a line there is a line and we will not cross that line we will not cross that line but we stay in the parameters of your word we stay learning your voice we stay learning your heart Lord help us to endure a world that's been consumed by wickedness Lord help us help us to endure a world 
that's been consumed by wickedness. Help us to endure a world that's starting to question the things of God. Even this very story of Noah's Ark, people are still arguing to this day on whether this was really true, whether this could really happen. God, we say, make us steadfast, make us unshakable, make us unmovable in your word, in your promise, in your prophecy. We thank you, oh God, that we live in complete faith and it's all in response to your character, your truth, and your faithfulness. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.